Hello. 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 Oh, Hello. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what we're doing with entrance, with our intros anymore, but hi, you Biconics wrestling nerds out there. And welcome to another exciting question mark episode of your takedown troop reviews your weekly tna wrestling review team i am one of your hosts mikey el jefe himself joined with me is my biconics work husbando if you will i have lots of work husbands here because i work with a plethora of menses which is a sentence that i should have thought about saying before i did but it's too late now um as you guys can see, unfortunately, our third co-host, Andrew, is still living his best life, busy in, you know, tech week and getting ready for theater performances. So, but he will be back soon. He sends his regards and he's still watching the product along with us. So me and Will are going to hold down the fort once again this week, and we're going to bring you our perspective and our review for this week's episode of TNA Wrestling from Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. So this is the go home show before no surrender, which at the time of this recording has already finished up. So me and Will have things to do tomorrow on top of everything else we already do because uh, we got to find time for watch it. But shameless plug, me and Will are going to be reviewing this pay-per-view Sunday evening live. So make sure that you watch this and then you can come hang out with us on Sunday. But with that out of the way, let's just jump into it. We opened up TNA Wrestling this week. Chris Saban versus Jason Hotch of the Good Hands. This match came about because Chris Saban is tired of Mustafa Ali having fanboys. And we reiterated this last week that still my favorite part that I've seen the last week or two, Chris Saban punched a dude in the face. And that was mm-hmm. intense. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh. I guess this is where we're going with this now. (laughs) So I figure because I'm like, we're trying to keep Chris Saban busy because Ali is not necessarily wrestling in the ring quite yet. He is making his debut in TNA in a wrestling ring at no surrender. So I mean, there's not really much for me personally. There's not really much to say with this match. Mm -mm. I thought it just continued to serve the purpose gave Saban a win. We're just kind of keeping Saban busy until we get to no surrender, which I was like, okay, let's see where this match goes. And I thought it was okay. I don't think it was inherently bad, but I was just like, it's just serves the purpose to get Chris Saban another win and to keep him busy as we're getting ready for no surrender. Yeah. Agreed. I was telling you, I was like, I felt like I've seen this match before. So I was like, okay, I mean, it was good. I mean, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have any complaints about it. It was just, I, it is just, it is literally just a, we need to keep him busy. So let's do this match. <laughs> it's like, okay. And that's kind sure. of, that's kind of what it felt like. Like it was a match to have a match. Which isn't necessarily bad, but I was like, okay, that's cool. So yeah, Chris Saban picks up the win here. And then we immediately jump into a Mustafa Ali promo. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying this until the wheels fall off. I am so happy to see him back on my TV screen. Oh, I know. Uh, We were robbed, but that's okay. We were. We absolutely were. I'm not bitter about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Not at all. I am not bitter at all. Me neither. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. No, but... I really enjoyed this promo from Mustafa Ali. It's still the pres- presidential candidate. If you, you know, promo where he's like, Chris Saban is 10 time champion. And then he got creative with his shade. He's just like, but even though Chris Saban has won this title 10 times, that means that he also lost this title nine times. And I'm just like, well, damn. I mean, that's factually correct. That's kind of shady, but not really. But it yeah. kind of is. I love how he's actually using political smear tactics yeah. in these promos. It's pretty he's funny. like, let me give a compliment that's really backhandy, but also is not offensive to say. No, I know. But Ali promises that he will be the leader that TNA and the X Division needs. 
that he is Mustafa Ali and he approves this message. <laughs> I am so ready to watch this match at No Surrender. I cannot wait. I agree. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this match between them. And and hopefully our predictions come true because I want Ali to win so Me bad. Too. Me too. I love Chris Saban, but I feel that Ali has the potential to have some fun while he's here in TNA for the next month or so. I, I can't wait for it. That's going to be fun. I can't either. It's, I think it's going to be really good. Right. So, while not necessarily happened on this show, I wanted to take a quick pit stop real quick. And because I forgot, I wrote this in my notes on the sidebar, so I don't know where to put this, but we're going to do this now. Because we're talking about former WWE folks with Ali coming to TNA, I would like to take the time to congratulate Nick Nemeth, who is your new New Japan Global Champion, beating David Finley over the last 24 hours. And he is now a champion in New Japan. So I was just like, you go, Nick. I'm so proud of you. Yay. So he has a championship in New Japan, which is crazy because that's the big Japanese promotion. So I'm interested to see, you know, him holding this title while he's also in TNA, which is also really fun to watch. I cannot wait, but wanted to take the time to congratulate Nick Nemeth because he is our TNA boy here yep. and good on him. He's doing the damn thing after being released from another company. That's awesome. It really is. So now back to our regular scheduled programming. <laughs> so after we get the promo from Ali, we then have some back to back segments. First, we have a promo from the system. They're talking about the main event tonight, but then they're also looking ahead towards no surrender and how they're going to destroy Alex Shelley which then props our favorite on-screen manager character, Santino Marella, to come in and basically tell them, it's like, uh, even though, Moose, your match with Alex Shelley might be no surrender slash no DQ, but to make sure that no shenanigans happen, this if the system puts their hands on Alex Shelley, Moose will lose his title, but then it also is the same thing. If Alex Shelley's people's, Santino's words, not mine, <laughs> put their hands on Moose. Then Alex Shelley will lose the match and he will not get a chance to win that title. So I'm hearing Santino say this and then I'm thinking my, to myself, we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. Something's always something always goes down. They're like, nobody is going to be allowed to touch on my like, bullshit. Nobody. What's probably going to end up happening is that the system and the intergalactic time splitters are going to end up fighting each other, but not touching Moose or Shelly, but they're going to be out there and fight outside the ring. Which would be great. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I think it'd be great. Mm -hmm. So from here, we get Chris Saban, who's walking through a door after his match, and he talks about how he's going to continue to do what he needs to. He's tired of Ollie cutting these promos. He's tired of Ollie having these fanboys like the good hands. And so he literally ends his promo by saying, he's like, I'm coming after you, bitch. I was like, well, damn, Chris Saban. Kind of naughty cursing, sir. I was like, you don't normally curse. So it was kind of weird to hear him say that. I was like, oh, I know. Sir, I need you to have several seats. I don't know what's going down with you, but. I also love that as Chris Saban's walking out, we see a poster for Ollie in the background. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> this is the, ah, uh, it's so good. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait for, I can't wait for the pay-per-view. I know, I was just like, that's see. not. I'm super excited. I know, I'm just like, I was so tempted before recording. I'm like, you know, I have some time. Do I want to watch No Surrender? No, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. And I'm staying off the internet. And Andrew has promised me he's not going to spoil anything for me or you. So we're good. So from here, we enter our next match. This is our glorified. Well, this is squash match number one. Um, We get a second one later in the evening, which I thought was so much better than this one. But we have Simon Gotch taking on local talent Jack Price. Josh Alexander comes out for commentary on this one. They have a no they have a no touch clause so Simon and Josh can't fight each other until no surrender. 
which probably stemmed from them beating the brakes off each other as the camera faded from soundcheck on Alan Angel's show last week. If this is how we're going to use the talk show, I'm here for it. But I thought this match was okay. It got over that Simon Gotch is a pretty good, decent wrestler. By the way, I loved his mask that he came out with. Really creative. But mm-hmm. I thought the match was okay. It was all right. It served its purpose, which was to showcase Gotch. I mean, honestly, I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. I mean, yeah, it. You, I mean, it showed us that that he that he's good at what he does. <clears throat> poor, you know, <laughs> poor local talent. But I, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, which you know, I love when they do that. I love when they bring in local talent. But I mean, this match, I mean, it was okay. It was good. But again, like I said, it did what it was meant to do. It served its purpose. It did. What I did like, though, is after the match, I love the intense stare down between Uh Josh and Simon afterwards. I was like, this match smells of money. And I was like, this is about to be a money making match. Mm -hmm. It's really weird because I'm going to be saying that this whole entire show. While the show itself is not necessarily the worst thing I've seen, a lot of it is to set up for no surrender and what's to come after it. But I really enjoyed the bits and pieces we're getting. It was like, all right, just to remind you, Josh and Simon are going to kill each other at no surrender. And y'all have a front row seat to this if you right. watch the pay-per-view. Right. But speaking of people that we're going to see at the pay-per-view, GYV cut this very scathing promo and they promised to beat the living tar out of ABC. And this makes me super excited for this final match in their best of three series with ABC. Oh my gosh, this match. They're like, we're going to break your arm. We're going to dismantle you. We're going to take those titles from you. And I was just like, I swear to all things that are good in professional wrestling. I am rooting for G. I was already rooting for GYV to win this thing, but now I may or may not throw expletives at my television if they don't win at no surrender now. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. But this is, it was really weird because we get this from GYV, but we got nothing from ABC this episode. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Nothing. Which makes me worried. I was like, uh, okay. I know. I'm like, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I was like, honestly, even though I picked GYV, I'm going to be honest. I still don't know who's going to walk away with the titles in this one because literally it can go either way. Yeah. And while I am rooting for GYV, I don't hate ABC, but I want to see something new for the division. Uh All I know is I'm going to get a stellar match out of these two teams and I'm here for it. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Yep. So we got a quick recap of everything that's happening with Khan and PCO, which is weirdly another match I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to every single match we're getting at No Surrender, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. I am too. So it's going to be great. So we get a recap leading up to why we're getting Khan versus PCO at No Surrender. And then this is where I was talking to Will before we started the, the review that I was going to wait to tell him my match of the night. And we finally got here for me personally, my most funnest match for me. And the one that I enjoyed the most tonight was Mac Steve Macklin versus British daddy himself. Trent seven. The reason this is my match of the night is the chops, the freaking chops from Trent seven. I was like, he just slapped Uh Macklin all over the dang place. I was just like, I agree. This this was the British wrestling that I wanted from Trent Seven for so long. I'm so happy that TNA's getting uh, British wrestling because this match hit a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And Macklin was a champ here because he t- leaned in and he took those slaps of the chest like they weren't anything. Yeah. I was like, Macklin, do you secretly <laughs> like getting hit? Like, what's happening here? Right. <laughs> You know, and this is, and here's, you know, I love this match. I thought this match was great. And like I said, this was, it was this one and another one that if I was to pick a match of the night, it'd be one of those two. But I didn't, believe it or not, I didn't pick a match of the night for this episode. Uh, Nothing grabbed me. But 
And here's my, I love this match, but here's my, my flaw with this match. The Rascals. <laughs> it's like, anytime you have the Rascals involved, you know what's going to happen. So there's, there was no, there was no surprise. I wasn't surprised that Macklin won this match because of the Rascals interfering. I wasn't surprised. And I hate that. That's what I hate about this is it's like they the use they use the rascals as a plot device. And I'm just like, I'm getting tired of the plot device. <laughs> so I was I enjoyed this match after this match. I think this is probably one of the stronger matches of the night. And but I was just like, oh, the rascals. Okay, well, we know who's gonna win this match. <laughs> and sure enough. And I can tell you that I love Trent Seven and, and Mike Bailey. They're two of my favorites right now. I'm happy that we finally get Speedball Mountain. I, me too. I love this team up. I think this is a great team up. I like it. They're dynamic together. The whole nine yards. Uh, and we get a little bit of that later on too, um, which is great. So, but yeah, I, I really like this match. I just, it to me, it was super predictable. <laughs> It was super I mean, predictable. I'm, that's very, very fair. And I hate that. I hate that. And that may just be me and my brain, which is very possible. And I hate that basically my brain spoils it for me. <laughs> and I love, and I, and like all the moves were amazing. I mean, they, you know, it, it was great. I mean, they all had some stellar things. Yeah. The slaps were, were just like, you could hear them echoing in the building. And just literally, the minute the Rascals walked in the room, I was like, well, okay, there goes this match. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> like, you know, and I don't know. And I just hate it. I hate that it, I hate that it spoils it for me. I hate that. I hate it so much. And, you know, and again, I don't dislike the Rascals. I understand the Rascals. I know what they are. I know, I know where I stand with them, so to speak but it's just like, but they're a plot device that's predictable now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. And I, and I, and, and, we're, and I'm talking story now. I'm not talking about the actual logistics and the match and all that. Cause the match was great, but the story wise, it's like the, the rascals are a plot device. That's what they are now. That's all they are. Bring the rascals in when you want shenanigans to happen. And I'm just like, Okay. Can we see something new from the Rascals? Can we see them, like, you know, I don't know, not do shenanigans and actually win a match without cheating? <laughs> you know, or whatever. I just, I don't know. I just want to see something new. I just, I just want to see something new. That's it. I'm in a very, very, very dark headspace these days. So I want something new. I want something <laughs> new. I mean... New. It's very, this is a very valid opinion and a very valid viewpoint in all this, too. I can see where you're coming from for sure. And I kind of agree to a certain extent with the Rascals, but I'm not as bothered by it because, and we could just throw this in here since we're talking about Speedball Mountain, because later in the evening, we get a backstage segment from both of them mm -hmm. where they pretty much kind of reiterate the same thing that you just said. They're tired of the Rascals getting involved in everything, so. Speedball Mountain invites the Rascals to come to No Surrender and meet them at the peak so they can fight each other, which then we get confirmation via social media after the episode goes off the air that, you know, on the countdown show for No Surrender, it's going to be Speedball Mountain versus the Rascals, which I'm excited for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It looks, it looks to be a good, fun match. Yeah, as long as they understand, the Rascals will cheat. <laughs> Yes, be uh, smart. <laughs> that's my that's my other thing. It's like suddenly all the wrestlers who fight those rascals, suddenly they go stupid. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they'll fight fair. No, they won't. <laughs> they will absolutely not fight fair. And I the only person who has ever that I've seen in the time that I've been watching, the only person who has ever basically wrestled with the knowledge that the rascals cheat. Was I think it was Rick Swan? Rick Swan, yeah. He was because when the Rascals brought out the spray paint, he was like, "Nope." <laughs> He's like, "I saw that shit coming." 
It's like, yes, he knows that the rascals, they cheat. They do everything they can. And it's, but everybody else who wrestles them, for some random reason, they're, they just forget. And they fight them like honorable wrestlers. And it's like, they're going to cheat. <laughs> Come on. They're called the rascals. Come on. It's in the name. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so anyway, I just want to see something new. That's it. That's all I'm asking. Give me something different. We get it. You're rascals. Can we, can we, I don't know, be fluffy kittens for a while. I don't know. Something, you know, give, you know, feed the, feed the hungry and the homeless. I, I don't know. Something. <laughs> Just give me something new. That's all I'm asking. That is very fair. <laughs> here. I was like, Ed, moving on. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you for your opinion. Moving on. <laughs> it's like, you're wrong. No, it's kidding. No, in all seriousness, though, you know, it's no secret that here at the Biconics, the internet and the rest of the boys have given me the title of El Jefe, but they also give me the nickname of the of the ball of sunshine because I try to be very optimistic and very positive when it comes to my viewpoint on wrestling. Though, I feel that I, if I don't like something, you're going to hear about it as you have seen me multiple times complain about certain things where I go off. It's a lot of fun. I don't think I have yet to go off here on TNA because for the most part, I enjoy TNA. This is where I find my Zen. But I will admit there, depending on where we go in the next couple of months, you might be seeing spicy Mikey come out more and be yelling at the sky. Yeah. So thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Speaking of Ted talks, we and people talking, we go to backstage where Giselle Shaw this is really cool promo. I loved it a lot. It was short mm-hmm. and sweet to the point. She's like, I got rid of Jay Vidal. I got rid of Savannah Evans. I am on my own, and I'm here to do my thing. And then, of course, one of my favorite people comes in in Gail Kim. She comes to Giselle, and she's like, Giselle, I'm so happy you listened to my advice, but maybe the execution could have used some work because this is not professional. And I actually kind of like Giselle turned to Kim and is just like, look, I'm going after Jordan. I'm going to take that title from her. I'd be damned if I'm professional or not. And walks out of the shot, mm-hmm. you know, to end this promo. And I was just like, I was like, Giselle, you're going to lose that no surrender, but it's still uh-huh. good. I agree. I was like, yes. Agreed. I think the only critique I've had, I think the match at no surrender between Jordan and Giselle is going to be great. But I feel like it's been so one-sided because Giselle has been beating up Jordan for the last couple of weeks. And I was just like, it is so one-sided. Giselle's going to lose to Jordan. Yeah. And so I guess we're waiting until No Surrender for Jordan to get, you know, get back at Giselle. But I was just like, it's been so one-sided. It has been. Jordan's been very quiet. Now, like, obviously, I got to see the match at No Surrender because if she goes balls to the wall crazy, I was like, okay, the quietness worked for me in this case because Jordan's going to be like, I'm not going to fight you now. If you best believe in no surrender, you're walking out of here on a stretcher. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Something, something she needs. Yeah. Cause she's been very quiet and, and I'm like, mm. I'm kind of wonder why she hasn't spoken out, you know, especially with, I mean, yeah. cause Giselle has been talking some serious shit. For the last few weeks. I mean, seriously. I it's mean, been like, so focused on her. I was yeah. like, sh- I forgot Jordan is. I feel like Jordan has been like a secondary. She's like a secondary passenger in this feud. <laughs> seriously, like she's like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> it's like, I have this title. I'm going to fight Giselle. And that's pretty much her motivation for this, which I'm yeah. like, and cool. Gis- and Giselle has just made it so personal. Which I like and I'm okay mm-hmm. with. I just wish Jordan reciprocated that personalness that Giselle is bringing into this feud. And I'm not saying it's Jordan's fault. Well, maybe it's Jordan just, doesn't think that she's a, you know, a threat. Right. Actually, I would kind of like that it comes out later. She's just like, yeah, I knew I'd beat Giselle. I was like, she's cool and everything, but yeah, girl, no. Yeah, girl, no. <laughs> girl, no. <laughs> I was just like... I mean, I'm okay with that, so. Or maybe she's, like, she's seething in silence. 
And so when we get to no surrender, because you know she's gonna bring it 110 yeah, percent, and like I was like bulldozer. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I think I just witnessed manslaughter on my exactly. TV. Exactly, exactly. She <laughs> needs some milk. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent way too much time on the internet. Yeah, that's okay. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so I'm excited for Jordan yeah, versus Giselle. Is you know. I love seeing Gail Kim as a more on-screen figure too, which I really love to see. Give you more yeah. Gail. I'm never going to complain. Yeah, that but was nice. This was a really good segment. And so we already talked Speedball Mountain. They're fighting the rascals on the countdown to No Surrender, which then leads into an in-ring portion plus a match itself. So Eric Young coming out in his Doctor Doom cosplay, or if you are a rap fan, he comes out you know, in his MF Dune fanboy mask, which is really great. I love it either way. And he's he's like, you know, last week he said that he wants Frankie Kazarian to come to the ring and so they could talk and settle this like men. What Eric forgot to tell us last week is that when he means by we'll settle this like men, he's like, I'm going to beat a bitch's ass. <laughs> like, right. Eric exactly. Young's dressed in his ring gear. I was like, oh, so that's what he means by talk. He wants to beat Frankie Kazarian's yeah. ass. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, who? He wants to. I, uh, he wants to talk to him. <laughs> He's like, I will talk with my fists. Yeah, exactly. I'll let my my moves do the talking for me. Which I love. Yeah. He's just like, oh, so this is what he meant by talk. He's going to beat like, Frankie oh. Kazarian to the pulp. He's gonna he's, he's gonna give him the ten piece combo. Yeah, he's <laughs> about to he's about to whoop your ass. But Frankie was not playing because he nope. comes out and he is not dressed in his ring gear. He's dressed in his regular clothes and he pulls out a chair and then he sits like such a tool. Which I was here for. Uh, I loved it. This is so good. And then Frankie basically tells Eric, he's like, yeah, no, I know what you meant. I'm not about to fight you. So um, I'm going to dictate the terms of this. So, But you will have a match tonight because me, for me and you have been in this business for long enough that we all have made enemies. And we have ghosts that we still have to you know, take care of. And I invited one of those ghosts to face you tonight so we can figure it out. Which then prompts the music and the Titan Tron to play for Eric Young's opponents tonight, his former Sanity member, teammate from WWE slash NXT all those years ago, Big Demo. I was just like, Big Demo is correct. <laughs> yeah, jeez Louise. I was like, that is a brick house right there. Seriously. Big being the operative word. Yep, so Big Demo and Eric Young proceed to have a match, and this match also slapped. I liked this match a lot, too. I was like, oh, I miss Big Demo on my TV screen. This was my other match. I thought this was so good. This match was so good. And I like Eric Young a lot. Like, I really like him more than I thought I was going to. Because when he first came in, I was like, "Mm, okay, I mean, he's good. you know. But I was just like, I just wasn't, I wasn't connecting to the character, you know? And then after the, the brutal betrayal, <laughs> and then I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then I was watching him, listening to him talk. And then I was like, oh, okay. I kind of I like you now. I, I really, I kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, team Eric Young now. And so, and I thought this was such a beautiful bad guy move <laughs> it was so great i was just like oh i didn't recognize frankie when he first came out because he was dressed in his normal street clothes i was like i was like well, I was who's like, this? frankie are you about to go perform at the local coffee shop like what's happening i know here? seriously he's like, giving it... me like early 2000 rom-com like yeah Totally. So I was just like, "What is happening?" Totally, and, uh, and then then he was like, "Oh no, I, I'm, you're not going to fight me, but you are going to fight someone." And then he said, "Who he's going to fight?" And I was like, "Okay, I don't know. I didn't know this guy, but he walked out, and I was like, Jesus, criminy! That is a brick house walking. <laughs> that is a big dude. I mean, a big, massive man. That's and, a lot of meat. Yeah." And I was like, "Ooh, Eric Young's got to fight." Th-. Of course, I'm thinking Eric's gonna we is gonna win this match because he, these matches are leading to him fighting Frankie, obviously. So it's just like <laughs> I, I loved that Frankie's plan 
didn't go according to plan. You know, I really think he thought he would bring Demo into this and kind of wipe Eric Young across the 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 ring. Mop him up and down yeah. the ring. And even though, yes, that did happen, it's like there was that one time like literally Demo like caught him in the air or something, like swatted Ooh. him. That was I mean, intense. that was like wow. <laughs> But then, like Young, he he finished it out with a pile driver. Man, I was like, "Damn!" I'm like, "You you take all of that weight," <laughs> and, and then some. <laughs> yeah, and then some. Yeah, and it was just I was, was like, like, "Holy crazy!" Cr- I was like, "I forgot how how much stamina Eric Young truly has." I was mm-hmm. just like, and the power in that tiny—I don't even want to say tiny little body because he's built no, bigger than my face, but- <laughs> like. Compared to Demo, holy shit! I mean, that's very fair. Demo is a brick wall, whereas Eric Young is like a twig. Yeah, <laughs> it's intense. But as you said, Eric Young picks up the win with a pile driver, which was so incredibly fun to watch that move. It was. That was crazy. And then Eric Young gets on the mic and says, "Look, Frankie, we're gonna we can keep going back and forth on this, but I'm just letting you know." He turns into Liam Neeson. I have a certain set of skills. I will find you and hurt you. Yep. And essentially, this leads into the announcement that at No Surrender, a new match added to the card. Thanks a lot. You announced this match days after we do our predictions video. How dare I you? I know. <laughs> so it's going to be Eric Young versus Frankie Kazarian. I was like, oh, baller. We don't have to wait this long. Mm. But then an important stipulation is added to this match because it's going to be Eric Young versus Frankie Kazarian, and the winner will get the opportunity to fight for the TNA World Championship, so Moose's title, at the next pay-per-view, which is Sacrifice. So this is some big stakes because the winner is going to go on to Sacrifice Ah. to face for that title, which I was just like, oh, okay, cool. I'm excited, but I was just like, is this how we're going to get here, though? Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to get here. Then I thought about it. I was like, well, okay. So after No Surrender, we only have like two weeks until Sacrifice. It's one of those quick turnarounds. And, you know, me, Andrew, and Will have already discussed this on other episodes, how much we hate some of these quick build pay-per-views where we only get like a week or two between uh-huh. some of these. So I'm like, okay, I'm not as mad. Whoever wins this is probably just a placeholder for Moose. So we can figure out the real yeah. feud to build to a rebellion, which is, you know, April 20th. Also, TNA, thank you for not putting your pay-per-view during WrestleMania weekend because between all three, between the NXT pay-per-view, the two nights of WrestleMania, and the Ring of Honor pay-per-view happening the Friday before, too. Oh, Jesus. I appreciate you not throwing everything on the same weekend because I was going to cry. Uh. <laughs> But I'm excited, so we'll see who ends up coming out on top at No Surrender because then they're going to go on to sacrifice to fight for that title. Yep. So then really quickly, we get a backstage promo. Somebody who I have missed on my TV screen, I was like, mm-hmm. it's our girl Tasha Steals, the Bodiqua badass herself. Yep. You know, and she cuts this promo because she's like, look, Zaya, me and you are one-on-one. So we're going to have this rubber match, but I'm going to let you know. I'm going to whoop your butt like I've done all the other women on this roster here. So be ready. I was like, cool. So we're getting one more match between Tasha and Zaya, and this is going to be the rubber match. So it's going to see who ends up on top with the victory here. So I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Speaking I agree. Of things, speaking of things that were fun, we go back to our what I call the unintentional lesbians of um, <laughs> TNA. Oh, Jody yeah. Threat and Danny Luna. I was like, y'all are unintentionally lesbians. And I'm kind of here for it. Especially Jody Threat. You are like kind of butch lesbian, but not really. <laughs> I love I these girls so much. I'm actually happy that they've been put together as a tag team because there's such a weird dynamic between them. I kind of like it. Yeah. But basically, this promo sets up that Jody and Danny are going to be watching. The match between Decay and MK Ultra closely at No Surrender, which means to tell me it's like, oh, Jody and Danny are going to be next in line for these tag titles, which I'm here for. Yeah, agreed. Listen, 
if it was anything between Jody versus Masha and Killer Kelly versus Danny Luna, which we got last week, I am here for an MK Ultra and Danny and Jody threat feud. Like I'm here for this. I agree. So good. I love these girls so much, and I'm I'm happy that we're expanding the knockouts tag team division because we desperately need it right now. Because right now it's just MK Ultra and Decay. Oh, I know. <laughs> but I'm excited for that match. And then the world has been waiting. We finally got the in-ring debut by Ash, by Elegance. Oh, it was so funny. I love how they're mi- purposely misannouncing the name. It's a Chevalier, but it's like the Chevalier. Yeah. La, 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 la. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what is happening here? Oh, my God. I know. I was like, it's so camp. I loved it. Ash by Elegance. This this was also another squash match, but this was the better of the two because yep. this match ruled. I was like, Savannah Thorne got some offense in, but Ash by Elegance, I yep. loved you so much. I oh, love yeah. I love the ad lib she did when she was yelling to you. You are very disrespectful. It was very rude. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? I know. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Her Chevalier is such an additional character, too. I love the addition that he brings to this whole thing. Like, I mean, the match itself was nothing to write home about, but Ash by Elegance shows off her athletic prowess. She picks up the win here. What I even love, too, is is that, you know, we cut back to commentary team who are supposed to do the bumpers and stuff like that, and the Chevalier comes back out. He's just like, one more thing. Ash by Elegance has left the building. Have a good to the rest of the show. Bye. I was like... And then they cut back to commentary team and Tom Hannafin and Matthew Raywall just look at there with their mouths up and they're like, that just happened. Yep, it sure did. Oh my God, it was so good. And I, yeah, I love, I love, I love everything about this. I really do. And I, I didn't know how, if I was going to like it actually, you know, I was like, okay, you know, the promos were great. Uh, you know, all the setting, setting her up for her in ring uh, return, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, oh, these are really cool, but is it going to be all hype and no, and no substance, basically? I was like, is this what it's going to be? Are we building this character that's just fluff, basically? And no, not at all. <laughs> I was like, okay, welcome back. Welcome, girl. Welcome. Welcome to the ring. Because she was like, she was pretty much on, she was pretty on fire. I was kind of impressed with it. This was, this is a really enjoyable match for a squash match. It really was enjoyable. And I will totally agree with you that this was the better of the, of the two. Uh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Fabulous. It really, really was. And I'm excited to see more of Ash by Elegance and TNA now. And, you know, we shall see where this leads for her and, you know, what we're going to do with her. Then we get to our main event. This is a six-man tag team match between the system, being represented by Brian Myers, Eddie Edwards, and your TNA world champion Moose, taking on the team of Kevin Knight, Kushida, and Alex Shelley. This match was given like 22-plus minutes. Uh-huh. There was a lot of there was a lot of spots in this match that I really enjoyed, but overall I was just like, okay, we're continuing the story. All these people are going to be playing a part at No Surrender during Moose and you know Alex Shelley's match, and you know the system pick up the victory here, which kind of low key I'm kind of happy they did because normally with heel factions, especially like my brain is trained and already used to that a new faction comes into a company. And they make a new faction and then they're constantly on a losing streak all the time. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to see that the system pick up a victory here. I thought this match was a lot of fun, but it was also in a weird way paint by numbers because I was like, I know what all six of these guys are capable of. Uh And while I enjoyed the match, I'm going to be honest, after Moose retains against Alex Shelley, I'm ready for everybody to kind of find something different to do. Yeah, me too. Me too. I agree with you. I felt, again, like the Macklin Rascals match, I felt this one was so predictable. 
You know, I, I didn't, and I did not think, and you know, people out there maybe may crucify me for this, but I don't think that Shelly Kushida and Kevin Knight performed that well. Like now, Kevin Knight had some great moments. I had to give it to him. He had he had some right there towards the end. He had some really good moves. You know, of course, Shelly is Shelly, and we know what Shelly's capable of. We, we know Kushida. We know what Kushida's does. But for me, it was I think Kevin Knight was kind of shining on that team more so than the other two. And but I was just sort of I was sort of disappointed in their performance. You know, I mean, you, you know what I mean? I mean, because like Moose and uh, Eddie and uh, oh, my God, why do I always forget his Brian? name? Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Jeez Louise. I don't I keep wanting to call him Richard. And it's like, no, it's Brian. And Eric, like I named number three. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know why. Sorry. Sorry, Brian. Sorry about that. Um, but I was just like, they're they're all powerhouses anyway. I mean, all three of them. They're just big dudes. Lots of power behind them, you know, and I thought they they worked so much better together in this match than the other three did, and which is unusual because usually like Shelly and Kushida, I know for sure I've seen them a couple of times together, and they work really well together. But I just felt like the three of them were kind of out of sync in this match. And I don't know. It was really weird. I was watching it and I was like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. And then I was like, okay. And then it started getting predictable. And I was like, okay. And then and then I was like, wow. Shelly, I'm I'm a little surprised by by your performance or lack thereof in this match. And and I felt like Kushida was sort of following suit with Shelly, but then Kevin Knight was just like on fire, man. At least that's how I that's how I felt with it. I mean, it was he was on fire, and I was I really was enjoying watching him. I think it was hit when he was. I want to say it was Eddie that he did that flying. I don't know what it's called, but the one where he flew through the air and like hit him like in the face. Um. Oh God, I don't know. And there, he did it to, to two people. It was I think it was Eddie and Brian. But he like hit one and then flew through the air and hit the other one. It was right towards the end of the match. Um, but anyway, there was this really cool move that he did, and I was just like, "Oh wow, that's pretty neat." And he's spry too, man. I mean, he can move around. So can, I mean, Kushida can too. I mean, Kushida's just like you know, like uh, a howler monkey. I mean, he just you know he's like all over the place, but. I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, it wasn't the match I was kind of hoping it would be. I was kind of thinking, honestly, going into it, I was like, oh, the, the main event's going to be my match of the night because just the setup of it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And eh, it was a good match. It just wasn't, wasn't great, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm no expert. What do I know? <laughs> You're just some dude who reviews wrestling exactly. on a weekly basis. What do exactly. you? Know? What the how, hell do I know? How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know it sounds like we're taking a poo poo all over this week's episode. No, it was a good episode. I it thought really there was. was some decent stuff here, but I'm going to be completely honest. I think my excitement for No Surrender and the match card that we have for that is kind of outweighing this the Go Home show because I was like. Okay, it's a go-home show. We're setting up everything that we got going on for No Surrender. And so I feel like let's just go straight into our ratings. So the system pick up the win as we state. So, you know, looking at this as a whole, even though I'm going to grade this this way, I don't I mean in no shape or form. I don't think it's a bad score, but I give this like a solid 7 out of 10 for me. I personally enjoyed yeah. it, but, you know, as a go-home show, I have to remember that this is not a tent pool go home show so like i'm excited for no surrender but not as much as i was super excited for the return of hard to kill like when we got hard to kill in january because child we're buried in february and hard to kill is still up there as my favorite pay-per-view of the year so far we still got a whole year of content to go through but i thought there were some fun matches 
we have we're continuing builds to no surrender and uh we're teasing some stuff that's going to be happening post surrender too i don't think the show was bad i still enjoyed it but i was like okay i give this a solid seven out of ten it's pretty decent i agree i'm right there with you i put it at seven maybe even 7.5 i mean i mean it's it was it was not a bad uh episode you know, it, you're right. I mean, it wasn't like a tentpole, you know, go home. But I mean, it was I mean, at least it. At least the whole the episode was very focused on getting us to no surrender. I mean, you know, at least that was happening. So that's why I would say seven, seven, five. At least they stayed on message and didn't kind of go all over the damn place. I mean, you know, the, the squash matches. OK, those are fine, but. And they were both good. They were okay. The the Ash by Elegance was better than the Koch one, but or Gotch one. Um, but I thought overall, I thought that they were they led to No Surrender pretty well. They stayed on message. You know, yeah, some of the things jumped pretty quickly, but for the most part, they were on they were on they were on message, and that that was important. You know, because we've seen some go home shows that were like all over the damn place, like squirrels put it together. You we're know? looking at you bound for glory. Yeah, my God. That so. whole build, <laughs> I was so, look, we survived it. And in retrospect, bound for glory was top notch. and It was so good. But the last, but the build to bound for glory was total turd. It was, it was horrible. It was all over the place. I was like. I mean, I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, they didn't end up being my favorite pick. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was so worried after watching that go home show. I was so worried that this it was gonna be a horrible, horrible pay-per-view. I literally was like, oh God, if this is what we have to look forward to, this is gonna be horrendous. It's gonna be a train wreck on top of a train wreck. And no, it wasn't. It was literally, it became one of my favorites too. It was like, if not my absolute favorite one of last year. I was just like, wow. Okay, so I guess it's, you can't, don't judge that book by its cover, I guess. <laughs> it's like, sure. <laughs> I mean, the the cover was rat's ass. But the interior, the the body of the book was actually quite amazing. It was heavenly. It really was. It was so, so good. good. So we shall see what this one goes. We shall see as well. So that is going to bring us to the end of this week's Takedown Troop review. We will be back next week post, you know, no surrender as we literally have a two week build to sacrifice. <laughs> I hate oh these quick God. turnaround pay-per-views for TNA, but Look, I'm here to support the talent. I'm here to support everything. And next week's going to be very interesting because it will be the first thing post Scott in a post Scott Demore world. It's going to be very interesting to see how, what direction we head about it. But we still got one more stop in this Scott Demore era before we head into the new direction. And we will be back here live Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Pacific. Well, 7, yeah, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 9 o'clock central. You can calculate what that time zone change for you is. Like, it's late. I'm not doing all the math for you. (laughs) You're adult. But but me and Will will be back to be covering No Surrender. But until then, you can check out all the other stuff we have here on the Biconics YouTube channel. Follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod. You can also take us on the go with you because you have audio versions of all these reviews now, which is a beautiful thing. And then, of course, if you want to see us live in person, we are going to be at our first uh, convention at the New Jersey WrestleCon, May 18th and May 19th. Some of us Biconics boys are all traveling to Middle Middle Tent, New Jersey, and we're going to have a table. Come say hi. We'd love to talk with you. And, you know, if you are a wrestler in any of these promotions and you happen to catch wind of our little podcast and reviews, uh, also stop by and say hi. We would love to talk with you as well. But to me and Will are going to get on out of here because we got a full weekend ahead of us. So until then, for myself, Will, Andrew, and the rest of the Biconics boys, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, be Biconic, you he- 
all you guys, gals, non-binary pals, he, she, they's, and gays of the internet. We will see you next week. And actually, we'll see you a lot sooner for the review of No Surrender on Sunday. But until then, adios. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.